everyone. I'm Gary Knoll. Nice to have you with us today. We begin with a study from Demiour University in Egypt, and it's about the omega-3 fatty acids. And why are they important? Whether it's from walnuts and avocado and almonds or flaxseed or hemp seed, or whether it's from fish oil. Get your omega-3 fatty acids every day because it improves cardiometabolic blood values in people who are being treated for different conditions. A randomized trial found that the addition of omega-3 fatty acids to a medication used to treat diabetes resulted in greater improvements in glucose, lipids, and other factors compared with drugs that were treated just by themselves. And I think that's very important. So a 1,000 milligrams of fish oil a day, I believe it should be 3,000 myself, compared to a placebo over a three-month period, and they took blood samples before and after the treatment and were analyzed, the glucose, the hemoglobin A1C, fasting insulin, lipids, LDL, HDL, all those were measured, and it was found if you want to protect your heart, then the omega-3 fatty acids will make a difference. So, now it will make a difference without drugs as well. And there's a lot of studies supporting the cardiovascular preventative effects of the omega-3 fatty acids. I suggest twice a day. I suggest in the morning and in the late afternoon. Now, a lot of people are eating fatty foods. In fact, almost 93%, again, this is an actual statistic, 93% of Americans are eating unhealthy diets on a daily basis. And these fatty and sugar-laden and deep-fried uh, foods can impair the body's response to everyday stress. This from the University of Birmingham in the United Kingdom, published in the Peer Review Journal Frontiers Nutrition and Nutrients. In lay language, it's just this simple. All fatty foods, processed fatty foods, during stressful periods can impair your body's recovery from the effects of the stress. And it's shown that consuming foods high in fat, like a hamburger and french fries, and pizzas in particular, before a mentally stressful episode can reduce brain oxygenation and cause poor vascular function in adults. Wow. Brand new information, and it's important. In fact, they did a whole lot of studies on this, and you really, uh, you really lower your body's capacity to function properly, including your brain. But it goes even further. It can reduce arterial elasticity, and uh, for up to ninety minutes, meaning your arteries are more likely to be stiffened when you're stressed and you have fat in the diet. That can lead to a heart attack and stroke. Not good. And you get lower oxygen delivery, as much as 39% reduction in oxygenated hemoglobin during stress compared to when participants consumed low-fat meals. And of course, you're negating uh, a lot of this if you go on a healthy vegan diet. From Taipei Medical University in Taiwan, kiwi fruit. Yeah, both the green kiwi and the golden kiwi Consuming it before sleeps improves sleep onset, duration, and efficacy in the adult patients. 
Now, there's a lot of studies on showing how poor people's sleep habits are. And you need that sleep. You need a good night's sleep. But a lot of people have, men have prostate problems, and they have to get up two, three, four, five times a night. A lot of people have stress problems, and they keep waking up or have a hard time getting to sleep. A lot of people uh, have their electric appliances with them, like cell phones and laptops, and that gives you offset electromagnetic pulse, and that can interfere in the pineal gland being able to secrete adequate melatonin. So whatever the cause of your insomnia, a simple solution. And this is not just one study. This is numerous studies reveal that kiwi contains many medicinally useful compounds like and serotonin can be beneficially benefited from eating a kiwi. How about that? Just one kiwi. And they did this. They had 24 subjects, 20 to 55 years of age, consumed two kiwis one hour before bedtime nightly for four weeks. So I thought it would one, it's two. Not a big deal, but important. From Sambansi University in Turkey, a study suggests greeting strangers can boost happiness levels. A team of psychologists at the university in Turkey, working with colleagues from the University of Sussex in the United Kingdom, have found that people simply saying, hello, to strangers, the encounter can lead to increased life satisfaction. In their study, which was reported in Social, Psychological, and Personality Science, the group queried two large groups of people regarding their encounters with strangers and how they graded their own levels of life satisfaction. Isolation. Yes, isolation, the team suggests, is leaving people less happy than in days past when strangers spoke freely with one another. And so... Just that simple little interaction. I know in, in the building I lived in for 20 years up on the Upper West Side, um, it was a friendly building, nice people. But every time I got in the ele- elevator, I'd look people in the eye, smile, and say, hi, or hello. And they would always, you could see in their face that kind of, that's nice. It's that simple. Or something, you know, if you know someone, not personally, but, you know, you live near them, and uh, walking down the street, you just nod your head and say, how's it going? On the Upper West Side, I love walking from my office at 83rd and Broadway down to Lincoln Center, and just to take the walk at night, because it, it relaxed me from a, a long day of work and, and counseling and broadcasting and researching and then I still had to go over to the Institute of Applied Biology at night to do lab work. So it was my little reprieve time for myself. And it got to where every one of the newsstands, I'd you know, wave to the guy and say, and smile and say, how's it going? And they'd smile back. You know, that little exchange of energy, positive energy, uh, that you're acknowledging another human being, just being kind. We don't do that anymore for a lot of reasons, and we should. And this study shows it can really help us. So, a momentary interaction with strangers or conversations with them tended to report higher levels of life satisfaction or happiness. Now, one of the things I've done for a long time, my friends don't like it. (laughs) They've told me repeatedly. 
especially when it's cold out or rainy and we're walking back from a movie or play, and I always stop with someone who I see is homeless, and I say, hi. I say, uh, what's your name? And they'll look up at me, and not quite sure why I'm asking this. And uh, I say, how long have you been homeless? And they'll tell me. And it's always interesting, the ones who've been homeless longer tend not to talk. But the ones who've been homeless maybe a month or a week or three months, they, they want to say something. And uh, I say, tell me how you got here, would you please? And they do. And then I say, okay, what are your options? What do you know that is possible that you could do to get back your life? And then you have this conversation. And next thing you know, five, ten minutes have gone by, and, uh, and you're looking him in the eye, and you say, what can I do right now? It's a cold night. It's a rainy night. Uh, you don't have an umbrella. You're in a doorway. You got, you've got these boxes, cardboard boxes, up against you. I say, would you feel better if we got you an umbrella or a sleeping bag or a waterproof jacket? And they look at you like, really? Yeah. Come on, let's go to the store. We go into a store. Do you have toiletries? What do you need? Just tell me. But I don't have any. I'm paying for it. That simple moment, recognizing that another human being is suffering. And you're bearing witness to their story. And that means all the difference in the world. It, their energy just lights up. Wonderful to see. Now, from Brigham and Women's Hospital, older organs accelerate aging in transplant recipients. This was interesting. Most organ transplantations involve supply from older donors to younger recipients. Aging cells can become senescent a condition in which they stop multiplying and secrete chemicals that negatively affect neighboring cells. Senescent cells accumulate in older donor organs and have the potential to compromise transplant outcomes. So a study led by researchers from Brigham Women's Hospital, a founding member of the Massachusetts General Brigham Healthcare System, found that a preclinical models transplanting older organs can trigger senescence in younger recipients. So they shouldn't do that. But here's another thing, and I can tell you this. We are now seeing in the anti-aging sciences that we're able to slow down and reverse senescence. And we've done it. It's been published in a peer-reviewed journal. Twelve uh, PhDs and scientists who were in the study, or helped different parts of the study, um, and it's there on my website. So we've actually done it. So now, why don't we start taking a look at how we did it, what was done, and how we can take older people who are still alive and didn't think they could ever have anything get younger and actually turn off a lot of that aging process, clean out the dead, dying, and damaged cells, clean out the debris, do a spring cleaning of your cells and regain a lot of youthfulness and mitochondrial function as if we were 10 years younger. So 
that's going to happen. But I'm glad to see that at least they woke up to that fact. Don't, don't get donations of organs from older people. And uh, finally, from Tulane University and Harvard Medical School, an article in the British Medical Journal Nutrition, Prevention, and Health, young age at first menstrual cycle linked to heightened diabetes risk in midlife. So now let's take a look at what's happening, a phenomenon that I wrote about almost 30 years ago, where we began to see young girls having their period for the first time years younger than former generations. And that is not good. In other words, starting menstrual cycles before the age of 13 is linked to a heightened risk of developing type 2 diabetes in midlife. And that is what Harvard Medical School and Tulane University just found. They looked at 17,000 women and uh, were included in the study. And they looked at what happened when they got their period, first period, and they had a upwards of 32% greater risk. Wow, that's a big difference. So, just something to think about. That's the latest on health and healing. We're going to take a break and come right back. And remember, don't be afraid to smile at people. Some won't smile back. Some will even be angry. What are you looking at? Just being friendly. Sure, positive energy, even when so many other people are afraid to. Back in a moment. Please stay with us. And welcome back, everyone. I'm Gary Knoll. The audio should be much better. In fact, today, Grayson and Kyle and and uh, Kevin are all, and uh, we have, what, five people in there today? Yeah, and Dylan, they're all working on brand new equipment. And by the way, my lease is up, and I'm going into a new studio where I'm actually going to have an audience. I'm going to set up, as I did, for, do any of you in the audience remember the Gary Nall television show? It was on for five years, very popular, and... Uh, a really interesting guest, and I had that a whole bleachers. I filmed it over at that uh, big television studio in Brooklyn. Anyhow, I'm going to do something like that again. Uh, so, and plus, I'm going to have a nutritionist in house that will be able to counsel people for free. And uh, so, I'm going to be interviewing nutritionists for that. I, I'm paying them a salary, so they don't have to charge you anything. All that's coming in the new year. Plus. Three new books, including, finally, a sequel to Living in the Moment, Prescription for the Soul. Uh, it's now time for that. Two new documentaries. And, uh, and two of the most popular books, bestsellers I ever wrote, completely redone. Uh, we've had, uh, we had uh, editors working on that, scholars working on it nonstop. I've worked on it. Richard Gale's worked on it. Katie, uh, one of our scholar editors and residents working on it, we, it's within two weeks of being finished. And then I have to, I'm going to do the first publication myself before I take it over to one of the big houses. And now we have a lot of new stuff coming your way. But I, this morning I was speaking with a friend whose brother unfortunately had open heart surgery and it didn't, it, it, it didn't go well. The person ended up having to have their heart shocked and went into AFib, and Gary, what kind of protocol for the layperson, guided by hopefully a health professional, someone who's skilled, and can monitor the AFib? 
Well, here's one that has been very successful. So write all this down, please. If you know someone with an irregular heartbeat like AFib, and again, I'm not suggesting you self-medicate because there's no medicines in here. And for those of you who want to have a healthier heart, and especially those under stress, I would suggest this as well. So here I'm going to go through it. Quercetin. Now again, I'm not going to give you dosages. That you've got to get when you're sitting across from someone who's licensed, experienced, and can guide you. Now, let me spell this for you. Myricetin, M-Y-R-I-C-E-T-I-N. Stevicide, S-T-E-V-I-O-S-I-D-E, melatonin, fish oil, Q10, magnesium, celery seed extract, grape polyphenols, pomegranate, olive leaf extract. Now that is a non-medical approach, but I know medical doctors are using this. And I created this and I've gotten a lot of feedback that has been very helpful, especially for long-distance runners who end up about 20% getting AFib from their long-distance running, marathon running, and don't even know it. So this helps them. Okay? So quercetin, myricetin, esteviside, melatonin, fish oil, Q10, magnesium, celery seed extract, grape polyphenols, pomegranate olive leaf extract, and for goodness sakes, don't try doing everything yourself because you need someone who can check your pulse, your regularity of your heartbeat, check your blood pressure, check the strength or weakness of your pulse, and then guide you accordingly. And it should be, ideally, a holistic nurse or a physician. That would be ideal. Now, I've got an unusual show today. It's unusual because you're going to learn some stuff you did not know, stuff that is only now coming out after all this time. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you're going to hear from in a few moments, telling you who killed his father. Hmm, but we know who did it, Sirhan Sirhan. Oh, no, he did not. Now, go back to 1969. I interviewed on my radio program Robert Blair Kaiser, who wrote the book, RFK Must Die. And he had a phenomenal amount of research about the psychiatrist that took Sirhan deep into, into uh, hypnosis, and Sirhan Sirhan would then say, pay the order of Sirhan Sirhan, da-da-da-da. And he said over and over again. So someone told him he was going to get money. Then he would repeatedly said, RFK must die, RFK must die. He was being conditioned as a Manchurian candidate, and that's exactly what he was. But don't take my word for it. Robert F. Kennedy, the son of Robert Kennedy, is going to tell you that in about 15 minutes. And also, brand new information, who participated as the, or what happened in the JFK assassination that they knew about and covered up. Who covered it up? Everyone in the CIA, the FBI, the Warren Commission. Who put together the Warren Commission? Alan Dulles. Why should we care about Alan Dulles? Because he's one of the two brothers who ended up uh, being fired and uh, as head of the CIA because he created the Bay of Pigs fiasco. And then Kennedy said he just wanted to tear up the uh, CIA completely. And shortly after that, within three months of saying that to Alan Dulles, 
and he was assassinated. So, you're going to hear brand new information you did not know. Why am I giving you these two pieces of information? Well, first of all, because it's just interesting. It's a matter of history that we should know the truth, and we never do. Secondly, it's because of the deep state. And who is the only person in America, in a political office in Washington, who has the courage to say he's going to, he's going to decommission and get rid of all these corrupt agency people? Robert Kennedy Jr. Hmm. Okay, if they don't kill him first. And they may kill him. They certainly killed his father and his uncle and Martin Luther King. Remember Mr. Pepper? By the way, uh, I, I hope he's still alive. Uh, I gave him some help years ago. And uh, he would be in his 90s now. But on this program, in a press conference on the air, he called out the people within the African-American community who became heroes for being complicit in Martin Luther King's assassination. Interesting because if he wasn't telling the truth, he would have been sued into oblivion for slander and libel and character assassination. He was never sued. Wonder why? Well, because if you're telling the truth, truth is his own defense. Anyhow, what we're going to start with is this is the power of the deep state. Today's show is just about this is how much power the deep state has. How much power does it have, Gary? Well, <laughs> since no one's sitting across me to ask me this question, so I ask myself. A little rhetoricalism. Everything that everyone in this audience heard about COVID came from people you respected. Do you remember on yesterday's program I said 90% of the American population will not seek the truth beyond what they have been conditioned to believe is the truth? So if you were conditioned by your religion, by your culture, by your family, by your professors and teachers, by your uh, by celebrities, to do something, believe something, the probability is you will, because you don't have to do the homework yourself. In fact, <clears throat> remember people were mocked and ridiculed for wanting to do their own research, and they stated, don't do your own research. You're stupid if you do your own research. You're responsible if you do your own research. Why? Why shouldn't I do my own research? Because you just shouldn't. Okay. And think of Howard Stern and Jimmy Kimball. Wasn't it Kimball who said something to this effect? If two people have a heart attack and one was vaccinated and one was not, take the one in and treat them and the other one, well, goodbye. Die. Okay. Jimmy? Howard Stern? Well, what's the use of suggesting anything for him? But all the rest, Rachel Maddow? You're now going to hear a clip you've never heard. And I want to thank uh, one person, there might have been more, and I only know one who helped put this clip together. But everything on it's accurate. You're hearing from people seeing them, watch them, from Matt Orlafa, O-R-F-A-L-E-A. Uh, I hope this is a part of a larger documentary. If it is, I'm going to invite you on because this is really brilliant. So if you go to peering.live, scroll down to archives, then scroll down to Gary's footnotes. That's where all the articles and videos that I put on each day or reference are. Watch for yourself. Because some of you will know the people's voices. But if you see their faces, it's virtually everyone from the CDC in power, U.S. Public Health Service, Anthony Fauci, President of the United States, all the popular media personalities. They're all saying the same thing. Now listen carefully, because they're not just saying the same thing. They're saying 
the identical thing. You can't have thousands of individuals in the media say something that's identical unless those are purposeful, purposeful talking points. Who gives them that? The deep state. Who's known to control the media more than any other source in America? The deep state, the CIA. What control does anyone have over the CIA? None. They're a rogue organization. Do what they want. Let's go to the clip. And remember, everything they're saying, they then put laws in place to punish you, to penalize you, to jail you, to close down your businesses, to destroy your lives. Not one of these people has apologized for being wrong. And if they had any character, in my opinion, they should simply make a public apology for when they said the wrong things. They can make any excuse they want, but they didn't do their homework, and yet they all were rich and had resources. They could have done the homework. So that means I consider that, in my opinion, malice of forethought. Let's go to the tape. Remember, everything you're hearing from all these so-called wonderful people, they were dead wrong, and one-half million Americans are dead, 1.6 million permanently injured, and 14 million had adverse effects, serious adverse effects, because maybe they listen to these people. The 90% only do what they're told to do, and these were the obedient ones. They'll never protest anything unless they're told to. When was the last time you saw a group of doctors, all the doctors in America, protesting the control of for-profit hospitals and drug companies to lower their prices? They haven't. How about all the professors trying to get together and have a strike to realign the curriculum and get rid of all these excess layers of bureaucracy and get rid of critical uh, race theory and others out of the curriculum? They never have. So do you know if anything, anyone in mass has actually protested? The answer is no. And will they? Never. So it's up to you and I to hold the conscience of truth, bear witness to it, and then speak it. Here it is. We want to make sure that people can discern the truth from the misinformation. And we want to make sure that everyone understands that no one's safe till everyone's safe. No one is 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 safe. Nobody is safe. This is a post 9-11 axiom. Safer but not yet safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe from COVID-19 until everyone is safe. If the whole world isn't safe, none of us are safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. Nobody is safe until we're all safe. Health experts have been saying nobody is safe. Nobody is safe until everybody is safe. Nobody is safe. The science is clear. None of us are safe. There is no safety. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe until everyone is safe. No one's safe. Nobody is safe. Nobody's safe. No one's safe. We'll never be safe until we're all safe. We are never going to be safe. 99.5% of people are safe and will survive COVID-19. The only positive thing out of this is we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines and... Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. You don't have a choice. As long as not everybody is vaccinated, nobody Nobody will be safe. Normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. So... Get the fucking vaccine! You need to get vaccinated, and if you don't, you are going to die. I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know who they are. The unvaccinated people. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. If you are the unvaccinated, you are the problem. You're the f- 
problem. Condemn them, shame them, blame them. The only people that you can blame are the unvaccinated. Frankly, we can't trust the unvaccinated. They should not be part of polite society. The lunatics who won't take COVID vaccines. Walking around lawfully unvaccinated? That's psychotic. If you're willing to walk among us unvaccinated, you are an enemy. You have no right not to be vaccinated. You don't have the right to contaminate someone You else. can't go around pointing a gun in somebody's face, which is what it is when people are unvaccinated. They are all idiots and losers. This is a real movement in this country against the unvaccinated. Jennifer Aniston is cutting non-vaccinated people out of her life. The unrepentant, unvaccinated. They should be removed from the hospital. Those who refuse to be vaccinated should be denied health care. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're... Some doctors are saying they'll refuse treatment for people who choose not to get the shot. Why are hospital and ICU resources going to them? Morons who will not get the shot. The unvaccinated clowns. Idiots who think that they can do their own research. Don't do any of your own research. Doing your own research is associated with conspiracy theory circles. This go-it-alone approach, doing your own research. That can have serious consequences. You should get prison time for even questioning the vaccines. Can we all stop saying, I need to do my own research? That phrase, do your own research, four words, four little words that are hurting America. Doing your own research hurts America. Everybody has a supercomputer in their hand that empowers them to do their own research, and that's the problem. You must not do your own research. I need to do my own research. I don't understand what that means. I'm doing my own research. You can't do your own research unless you're a scientist. Don't do your own research. Maybe you've told yourself you're playing it safe, you just want to wait and see since this is a new vaccine. No. Grow the f- up and get the vaccine. Unvaccinated people spread the virus. Get the vaccine, you dopes. Don't be a f- Get yourself vaccinated. That's just all there is to it. There's no excuse. No excuse for being unvaccinated. There's no rational and no emotional argument that adds up against getting your damn shot. There just isn't. But you made a conscious decision not to get the vaccine. I also have natural immunity. So for me, personally, this vaccine poses a greater risk than a benefit. I'm also not a risk to any of you. Let's look at the science. So we see that the natural infection is given greater protection or slightly greater protection than vaccination. This is a vaccine that was created to prevent severity of disease and to prevent hospitalizations. But the vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID and does not prevent you from transmitting COVID. Oh, my COVID. goodness. Legality, no, we have that's seen that. not so. Come on. No, it, You've been at Fox TV sure you too long. Have to enjoy. I just so really again, don't think that we again, should allow Sonny. this kind of misinformation. with every vaccinated person. Do it so you stop spreading terrible disease. And that vaccine, a key goal is to stop the transmission so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. Expectation for vaccines is not to get infected. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. When the virus gets to you, you stop it. You're not going to catch it. You're not going to get sick. You're not going to transmit it. The vaccine is absolutely bulletproof. Vaccines block you from getting and giving the virus. 100% effective at preventing COVID. The vaccine prevents you from getting infected. It is to keep you from getting it and then spreading it. We have the ability to stop COVID in its tracks. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. 
Biden tests positive for COVID-19. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Dr. Fauci tests positive for COVID-19. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. The CDC director tests positive for COVID-19. Get your vaccine. Pfizer CEO tests positive for COVID. Pfizer CEO tests positive for COVID again. CDC director tests positive for COVID again. Fauci tests positive for COVID again. Joe Biden tests positive for COVID again. Cases up to 258%. The majority of these cases are among the vaccinated. And this area is the most vaccinated part of Massachusetts. So many fully vaccinated people are testing positive. So people here are a bit angry. We are all really concerned about what this means long term. I was vaccinated and I got COVID. And <laughs> almost everyone we know with vaccinations had at least one bout of it. Uh, our vaccines work better uh, than we could have possibly uh, hoped they would work. Uh, we are not the problem. The problem are the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated threat. Unvaccinated people are a threat. A direct threat. The threat to all of us. The unvaccinated are a risk to all of us. People have a right to be protected from the unvaccinated. Maybe there should be laws that allow them to be kept out of the building. So at least, thankfully, they're not breathing the same air. Their freedom to breathe will diminish. Start firing the unvaccinated. If you don't vaccinate, you'll be fired. Time to come down on the unvaccinated. They should be banned from the the VA, banned from restaurants, banned from other businesses and colleges. Companies should not treat us as equals. Place unvaccinated people under arrest. It's the unvaccinated that has put America in the place that it is. We are losing freedom because people are unvaccinated. Anger towards the unvaccinated. I'm furious at the unvaccinated. Frustrated with Americans. Still not vaccinated. Not to be vaccinated seems criminal. Suspects face years behind bars for coughing on police officers. The freedom. For them. Charged with terrorist threats. Individual rights when it comes to the vaccine. Really, you're killing other people. We're being attacked by unvaccinated. It's the unvaccinated who aren't wearing masks. It's the unvaccinated who aren't social distancing. It's the unvaccinated going to crowded indoor events. It is not your right as an American citizen to catch and transmit a potentially fatal infection. So screw your freedom. We can coerce you. You're not going to be able to travel to see your family. If someone in your family isn't vaccinated, should you ask them not to show up? Yes. You really shouldn't have anyone unvaccinated come to dinner. That's just a huge. Risk. If you want to come out into public, if you want to live your life, you need to get the vaccination. It's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary. You should have to show that you're vaccinated in order to go places. Unvaccinated tennis player can't travel to the U.S. If you're not vaccinated, you're not welcome. Our patience is wearing thin. Why hasn't the president focused more on scolding the unvaccinated? The refusal has cost all of us. Continued damage the unvaccinated are doing to themselves and the country. How come migrants are allowed to come into this country unvaccinated? but world-class tennis players are not. <laughs> you know... And uh, back to our lead story, uh, uh, the pandemic, pandemic of the, of the unvaccinated. unvaccinated. Fact is, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Experts call it pandemic of the unvaccinated. Still a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The disease of the unvaccinated. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem. Period. End of story. The unvaccinated also put our economy at risk. This is a tyranny of the unvaccinated right now. The unvaccinated, not the vaccinated. The unvaccinated. That's the problem. That's the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Pandemic of the unvaccinated. All this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. Pandemic because of the unvaccinated. When you get the vaccine, you will not die. That's right. That's right. This is a simple, basic proposition. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to die. If you're vaccinated, 
You don't have a risk. It's as simple as black and white. You are not going to die if you are vaccinated. That's it, full stop. You're unvaccinated, you're at risk. You're vaccinated, you're safe. A majority of Americans dying from coronavirus are vaccinated. COVID-19 isn't a pandemic of the unvaccinated anymore. We didn't really understand the fatality rate. You know, we didn't understand that it's a fairly low fatality rate and that it's a disease mainly of the elderly, kind of like flu is. Although a bit different. You have two Americas, an unvaccinated, at-risk America and a vaccinated America. I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. You, the vaccinated, are the last best hope to overcome the unvaccinated minority. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it. We are seeking to enlist you in a benevolent conspiracy to join in the unfinished war against the sins of the unvaccinated. And it's a war. forever war. The war against COVID-19. The vaccine hesitancy on Earth, too, has the potential to compromise all of the hard-fought progress that we've made here on Earth One. This is the greatest threat to life that we have ever faced. Metropolitan areas are now banning all private gatherings. This bar owner arrested for reopening illegally. Unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death. Death, death. For yourselves, your families. If the unvaccinated are not to blame, who is? If only we had a vaccine against BS. And one of those at the end, first at the beginning, is saying that we will only be protected if all the people on the earth are vaccinated. That's Bill Gates, who owns stock in the vaccine company. And then at the end, oh, well, the actual fatality rate is, uh, well, very small. It's about a seasonal flu and 99.5% non-lethal. Okay. And now, well, we didn't know. If you didn't know, then why did you get 7 billion people interested in demanding they get in line to take a vaccine? Oh, and this is a person who's the most powerful person in the world when it comes to financing science? Here's what you should know. This is actual studies from peer-reviewed literature that none of these people today I'm aware of would read these, let alone talk about them. I'm not going to give you the citations. You can find those for yourself. Illinois House bill requires donated blood, that's a lot of blood every day, to be screened for RNA vaccines. Hmm. So they don't want people with vaccines donating blood. Quote, no discernible benefit of COVID-19 vaccination in pregnancy and no assurance of safety. Then why did you demand every pregnant woman get vaccinated? Upper extremity and uh, distal musculoskeletal problems months after COVID-19 vaccination. Injection causes host of persistent disability uh, pain symptoms. Each one of these is a different study, by the way. Current. New onset and flares of multiple sclerosis are associated with SARS-2 infection and COVID vaccinations. Clear-cut cases of RNA vaccines causing new case of multiple sclerosis. Systematic review of autopsy findings and deaths after COVID vaccination. This was presented at the University of Michigan. 73.9% of deaths after vaccination are either directly due or significantly contributed to be known mechanisms 
myocarditis, blood clots, etc., resulting from the COVID-19 vaccines. Let me repeat that. 73.9% of deaths were from the vaccines. Didn't I hear of Rachel Maddow? Everyone saying, get the vaccine, you won't die. They were only off by 73.9% of the population. Next study, more than half of vaccinated feel sick a year later. Indian cohort study uh, finds post-vaccine vaccination syndrome very common. RNA used in autopsy cases after cardiac arrest. New tissue and blood diagnostics identify gene regulators independent of coronary disease. That's the vaccine. Outcomes after early treatment with hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. An analysis of 30,000 COVID patients, um, and they found that uh, almost none died compared to 4.89% who received uh, the uh, other medical treatments. St. George's, uh, St. Goron's et al. reported a 61,000 case of myocarditis, pericarditis, and uh, myopericarditis in the World Health Organization's big base and found all three major classes of vaccines have elevated risks. Okay. Concerns over cumulative cardiotoxicity with RNA injection. This from the European Study Society of Cardiology. Um, and they found 14.81% cumulative sustained damage from shots three and four. Well, if you're talking about 5 billion shots, and if almost 15% of that has sustained cumulative damage, you're talking about a, the biggest medical genocide in history. That would mean that more people died from the COVID vaccine than all of American casualties in all the world, in all the wars combined. Plus, SARS spike protein is pathogenic, whether from the virus or created from genetic code in RNA and uh, DNA vaccines. Seven Australian research, researchers published comprehensive peer-reviewed paper concluding genetic vaccines must be pulled from the market. And I could go on. I have pages and pages of peer-reviewed literature now just showing how dangerous and irresponsible every single thing they did about COVID was wrong, but I don't want to run out of time on this, so we're going to stop here. I'll complete this tomorrow and list all the pandemic assertions that have been proven wrong. Everything. I'll go through that. But now I'm going to go right into RFK's interview because I want you to hear what he says about who killed his father and why isn't that being opened for an investigation by anyone in Congress calling these people who are still alive in to testify. Let's go to RFK's interview. Okay, so let's fast forward to 1968. You're 14 years old at the time, and you're in boarding school at the Georgetown Preparatory School in Maryland. Your father, Bobby Kennedy, is running for the presidential nomination with the Democrats. And during this process on June 5th, 1968, he was at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. As he was leaving the ballroom, he decided to go through the kitchen, and I guess his bodyguard, FBI agent Bill Barry, told him to avoid the kitchen because it was very crowded. As he was going through, shaking hands with everyone, a 24-year-old Palestinian man named Saran Saran shot him with a 22 caliber revolver. He was hit three times. Five other people were wounded as well. 
When you found out that your dad had gotten killed, what went through your mind? Well, I didn't, first of all, I, I would dispute that description of what happened. Okay. Um, I don't believe that Sir Hans bullets ever hit my father. Okay. And neither did the uh, coroner, um, who, uh, uh, Thomas Noguchi, who is probably the most famous coroner in American history, who did an autopsy that is known as the perfect autopsy. He actually flew in uh, the chief coroners of all the branch, every branch of the military service to sit in the surgery theater to watch what he did because he knew what had happened in Dallas. And he didn't want to repeat. And he, he, what he found, Sirhan had fired, Sirhan had eight shots. He had a 22 revolver or eight shots in it. And he fired two shots at my father. One of those shots uh, hit, the first shot hit um, Paul Schrade, who was the UAW, the United Auto Workers uh, Deputy Chief, who had, that was there. There was only two unions that supported my father, uh, the United Auto Workers and Cesar Chavez Union. And Paul Schrade had recruited Cesar Chavez to the United Farm Workers. So he was very close to my dad. He got shot in the head. And he was okay. And, you know, he actually died a year and a half ago and spent the last 20 years of his life trying to get Sir Ann out of, out of prison, the man who shot him. Hmm. Um, the other shot went past my father's head and hit a door jam behind him, where, and it was later removed by the LAPD. It was dug out of the door jam. The whole door jam was removed. He was then pounced upon. I six men, including Raver Johnson, who was the 1960 decathlon champion, gold medal Olympian, one of my father's closest friends, mm -hmm. and uh, Rosie Greer, who was one of the you know uh, fearsome foursome, uh, who had been a bodyguard for my dad. He was you know one of the most famous football players of his time, and uh, and four other people, including the uh, the the guy who was. Uh, uh, the director or the concierge of the of the ambassador hotel and they pounced on him they took his hand and pointed away from my father so they pointed the opposite direction raver johnson later told me that he tried to get the gun out of sir hand's hand but sir had had superhuman strength he's a little tiny man when i you know i've met him it's been five foot five i think yeah he's tiny but he, he couldn't, this big, you know, Rafer is like six foot four and solid muscle. He could not get the, and you had, you know, you had a, you're a professional lineman from, you know, the Oakland Raiders there that day. And they couldn't get it. So he fires six more shots in the opposite direction and empties the chamber of his gun. He's always in front of my father, by the way. My father, he's, he, he's sitting on, with his back to a steam table, and they bent him over the steam table, and and he fired the, the bullets this way. As you pointed out, those bullets each hit people. So five people, one of them got hit twice. Mm. Oh, if you just do the math, my father got shot four times from behind. You know, and he only he hit eight bullets in his gun. He didn't reload. We know what happened to the first two, and we know what happened to the second six. We know what happened to every one of those bullets. 
My father was killed from behind. He was shot four times. One of the shots went harmlessly through the shoulder pad of his suit. The other three were, you know, were, uh, were fatal or potentially fatal. And one of them was right behind his ear. All of them were contact shots. Um, that's what Thomas Noguchi found, meaning the barrel of the gun was either touching his skin or his clothing and was uh, and and left a carbon tattoo or was close enough within an inch, close enough to leave a carbon tattoo. And um, and the, the gun was being held at an upward angle. Oh, he was shot from behind by somebody who was standing behind him with the gun pressed between the two of them and firing. And that man was almost certainly Eugene Thane Cesar, who was a security guard who had been hired the day before. So they already knew when he got the job, he already knew my father was going to be at that hotel. His full-time job was at the Lockheed plant. And, and before that, he had worked at another defense plant, um, which was Howard Hughes' company. And uh, and those and he had a top security classifications at that plant. Um, Lisa Pease, who's a researcher, has uh, has uh, has found documents where he self-identifies as a CIA uh, agent. Um, he he ended up leaving. The okay, that's part one. Tomorrow, part two. So now you've heard RFK Jr. say that eight shots that were in Sirhan's gun all accounted for. But he was shot four times from behind. He names the person. He names his background. He was hired the day before. How's that happen? And, uh, and then he identifies as a CIA agent. What happened to him? Why was there no investigation? We'll continue that on tomorrow's program, plus we'll have the new information on John F. Kennedy's assassination. Boy, is that really incredible, because there's footage validating this, and it was there all along, and no one paid attention. I'm Gary Nall. We're trying to bring you information that should make you think twice about who do you believe and why. Are you open to seeking the truth? They didn't want you, as you heard. Don't do your own research. I say do your own research about everything. Now I'm going to take a little break for a moment because I've been inundated with questions about the new Garinol Aegis Answer Miracle Cream. And I'm just going to go through this as quickly as I can because how do you apply it? You apply it about the size of a quarter anywhere on the body where you're going to massage, but massage it in on clean, dry skin for about 60 seconds. It's that massaging gently into the area that assures that it gets into the tissue. And then watch to see. Now, some people have rough skin around the hands, on the face, around the mouth, especially on the neck, crepey skin around the under the arms, on the, ankle, uh, on the knees and uh, the thighs, where the skin no longer has a tautness. The elastin's gone, pretty much. The collagen is no longer synthesizing to keep your skin tight. And then uh, discoloration and problems of all types around the feet and ankles. So some of you are going to be using it a lot quicker than others, and others may only have a couple places where you want to put it at night. You put it on at night when you get up in the morning, wash it off, and put it for the rest of the day. It has a wonderful aroma. It's not greasy. It's not oily. But what makes a difference? 
In my opinion, if you want the most glowing, vibrant, and healthy skin, and skin that really, really shines in its, its, its youthfulness, and since our skin is our body's largest organ, having healthy skin helps filter pollutants and toxins and regulates our body temperature, protects everything beneath its surface. All this is important. But if you went into, and we, we, we did, we went into stores, including Macy's, we asked the person, what are your five best-selling and most popular skin products? And they averaged between $450 to $550 for 2.7 ounces. Now, I'm not telling you not to use these. Hey, look, if you're happy with them, use them. And I'm not here to, you know, drum against any other competing product. I'm just a little tiny guy who happens to have been the finest skin cream product that none of these multi-billion dollar cosmetic companies have because they're interested in product and illusion. I don't believe in illusion. I believe in reality. So I had to pay a lot of money to three different companies to get a license to use their patented ingredients along their about 5% of the product, 95% of the product are my own, in, own inventions. But they work together synergistically and I've never been, never been able to do this before. And it was a big investment. But I'm giving you 4.5 ounces. They're giving you half that at 2.7 ounces. So theoretically, I should charge $1,000 for this product just based upon pricing because I'm giving you twice the amount. But then based upon quality, I should charge $1,000 more because there's just nothing like this that I've ever seen. But I don't because I care about you and I know a lot of people would like to have this and couldn't afford it otherwise. So here's what's in this product that makes it so unique. And, uh, and it's, and, and I even want to, I'm creating a glossary, like the number one ingredient is a, the finest organically grown hand cut processed whole leaf aloe vera. It's the most superior aloe uh, there is. It's mineral rich volcanic soils grown in, it's harvested and, uh, it is filleted by hand and, uh, anyhow, it's, all this is, it's rich in monoatomic elements and it uses the whole leaf rather than just the inner fillet gel. It's the whole leaf because you've got a lot of polysaccharides, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, amino acids, growth factors, and uh, wound hormones all in the skin. So aloe increases cell wall permeability, thereby allowing nutrients easier access while facilitating the removal of toxins. Aloe is soothing, moisturizing, anti-inflammatory, and can help stimulate collagen and elastin production. This whole leaf is, uh, is blended with the ionized herbal infusion of trisilica uh, blend containing oat, uh, straw extract, and high levels of potent antioxidant compounds, rich in silica, sulfur, selenium, and mixed tocopherols, natural stable emulants, promotes cellular protection against ultraviolet radiation damage, so it's good to put on when you go out in the sun. It's antiarrhythmia activity and retards the skin's aging process. I also use nettle extract, extremely rich in silica, sulfur, and selenium minerals, and then I use horsetail extract, rich in silica, helps produce new collagen fibers to generate connective tissue. And I use uh, a tripeptide, 
This is a matrix-like effect that stimulates the synthesis of six major constituents of the skin's matrix, the dermal, epidermal, junction, collagen, 1, 1, 1, 1, and I of 1V, uh, fibronectin, and hyaluronic acid, and uh, laminin 5. These are all important for your skin. And it smooths wrinkles from the inside out, rebuilding the skin where it is needed. And you have what are called uh, matrikines, or extracellular matrix derived peptides, are whole replicas of the natural skin uh, matrikines. And matrikine peptides promote tissue repair, uh, participates in wound healing, and stimulates macromolecular synthesis. They are all natural, they're non-toxic, they're locally acting, potent skin repair messengers. Then one of the most important, and this is one of the patented items that has lots of clinical proof behind it, clinical studies, is the Swiss apple stem cells. It's a very rare Swiss apple, and uh, the plant stem cells aid in the protection of human stem cells, delaying senescence, or programmed cell death, of essential cells, preserving a youthful appearance and vitality of the skin. All right? And uh, this apple is a variety of a Swiss apple coming from a, a, a seedling planted in the mid-18th century. These apples are rich in phytonutrients, proteins, and long-living plant cells. All stem cells, regardless of their origin, contain specific epigenetic factors whose function are to maintain the self-renewal capacity of the stem cells. Another thing I, I got was a Biodyne's EMPP, or extracellular matrix-promoting peptone. And uh, it's tested and proven proven to increase elastin production, as well as stimulate the production of collagen and oxygen uptake, thus reducing the appearance of wrinkles and also improving elasticity. Uh, salicylic acid, a mild exfoliating natural acid derived from willow bark and uh, promotes maximum cell turnover. Meadow foam, borage, evening primrose oil, rose hips, uh, vegetable glycerin, a vegetable uh, cytil, uh, uh, vegetable squalene. All of these, you can look them up. They all have something important like the uh, Upagard coenzyme Q10, vitamin E, uh, and, and all of these are powerful antioxidants. Ascorbyl palmitate, a vitamin C, retin, uh, retinol palmitate, vitamin A, um, a special form of vitamin D3, essential blend of almond and cherry fruit and bark, and vanilla extract, no artificial perfumes here. You're getting the best I can do. Now, if you think, well, Gary, why are you giving this all right on the label, your ingredients? Isn't someone going to just rip you off? Well, they can try, but I took that into account in creating this special proprietary blend. <laughs> Good luck trying to duplicate this. You don't know the percentages. You don't know the blend capacity. Five years to create this product. Five years. Now, I had to pay a lot of money to get these three proprietary products to add in because they make a huge difference in the outcome. Don't anyone write me results after three weeks of use when I first introduced this. Write me after three months because you've got to be patient depending upon how bad your skin is damaged, how deep the wrinkles are, how much, how much repair has to go on. 
and always keep fully properly hydrated. That's important too. And uh, but see if you can see a difference. All right. I could tell you a lot of positive emails I've gotten, but not now. No, I want you to try it on yourself. Now, I'm not charging you the regular price of these other people for giving you half the amount and none of the proprietary ingredients I just talked about, and certainly not my blend. And you don't have to take my word for it. Just go up online, look at all their ingredients on their label, right? Because you got to put all those there. And then compare that to mine. Then Google each of my ingredients, Google each of theirs. Now you see why it took me five years to perfect this. So for one more week, you're going to be able to get this at a substantially reduced price of just $99.99. And then after that, I'm going to have to increase the price. I'm not going to charge $400 or $500 or $1,000. I wouldn't do that simply because it's not my ethics. But I've got to at least get it to where I can get my money back to buy the next order. This was expensive. But I, I don't have a, a problem with any of the products I've ever created. After all, have you found any other green stuff, red stuff, power berry blast, muscle stuff, heavenly aloe, any of my products, supremacy, extra, that are better out there in the marketplace? Have you? Then buy them. But I haven't. And they're always trying to copy me. How can you get Gary Knoll's Asia Sands or Miracle Cream? You can call this number. 877-627-5065-877-6... Fifth Street, top floor, and uh, from noon to 8, or call him at 646 about your skin. Men, if you care about your skin and the skin on your scalp, I massage it into my scalp every night before I have to take my shower and before I go to bed, I massage a little bit in, I put minimum uh, a amount in my hand, rub my hands together, massage my scalp and hair. Now, I'm supposed to